Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, small towns, hockey, it's a match made in Canadian heaven. And for one Manitoba in Garson, Manitoba, she's giving back, holding a tournament to give back. We'll cover that. Plus, the 131st edition of the Manitoba Open Bond Spiel is underway. We'll talk to the president of Curl Manitoba and preview NFL Championship Weekend. Our betting picks in the Power Parlay with Philly and Joe for Power Mornings. That's on the podcast. Growing up in a small town, I know how important the local arena is for kids playing hockey, curling, figure skating, and the community center as a whole as a gathering spot. So in Garson, Manitoba, Stevie Friesen has organized an adult hockey tournament called Giving Back to Garson. And Stevie joins us now. First of all, Stevie, where is Garson? Garson is about 30 to 40 minutes east of Winnipeg towards Beauxjeter. And how big is it? Uh, it's approximately just under 1,000 people for population. Okay, so what is in Garson that anybody would, I mean, go to? <laughs> um, well, we have our arena, is which we're fundraising for. Um, that's the majority of why people come. Uh, they have hockey games, lacrosse games, and then the community center is also there. And there's a small restaurant and a store. Do you have a gas station? We do. It's attached to the store. Perfect. Sounds yeah. a lot like my uh, small town I grew up in Ontario. It was about 1,000 people, had an right. arena, a gas station that was sometimes closed, and one yeah. rest- one restaurant. So Right, same idea. Yeah, a lot of road hockey growing up? Yes, um, and I actually lived just two houses down from the rink, so and our house is on a dead end, so we played a lot of road hockey. So why do you want to organize this tournament to give back to Garson? So I started camp skate lessons when I was three years old out of the Garson Arena, um, and then I started playing hockey when I was five. Um, so I'm going to be 27 this year, so I've been playing for about 22 years now. Um, so when I was five years old, there actually was no coaching program. Uh, sorry, not coaching, hockey program in Garson. And uh, the community and the parents came together, and they developed an organization so that we could play. So I figured it was about time that I could give back and make some profit for the arena so that they can continue doing that for the kids in the community. So did you travel to different small towns to play? Yes, I've traveled all over Manitoba to play in the last 20-some years. Do you still play? I still play. I play summer hockey, I play winter hockey, and I also coach uh, girls' bantam team out of Oak Bank, which is pretty close to Garson. Okay. So hockey is a big part of small towns all across Canada. For sure. Yeah. So what's been the uh, feedback since you came up with this idea? Uh, It's been pretty unreal, actually. Um, When I started kind of talking in the community about me pulling on giving back to Garson. I've had a lot of people message me and call me and just about volunteering and how they can help. Um, even people I've never even met before have called me saying, you know, I've heard about this. I would love to give back. And it's been actually unreal. And uh, I've got lots of sponsorships from different businesses and silent auction donations for our silent auction tonight and tomorrow. So it'll be good. Do you still live in Garson? Um, I live in Tyndall, which is like a mile from Garson. Okay. And how big yeah. is Tyndall? Uh, about the same size. Just okay. Under, but, uh, yeah. okay. Okay. Just yeah. I, I imagine a lot of people in Winnipeg might have heard the name before, but maybe right. unless they were driving on that specific highway, haven't driven yeah. through it before. No, so. you drive past it on your way to Beauxjeter. That's about it. So. Okay, okay. The white shell, yeah. So how many people are uh, entered into this tournament? So I have about 130 hockey players coming. Um, and then so that's about 18, roughly eight teams um, with a 
days we had in the ice slots, we could only fit in eight teams, but I actually had to turn away eight teams. So next year, if we do this again, hopefully um, we'll make it a little bit bigger so we have more teams playing. Tell me about the Garson Arena. Um, It's very nice, actually. They've actually renovated it in the last 10 years. Um, It's it's super. It's the same size. They made it wheelchair accessible. Um, all the benches are heated now, so it's definitely come a long way since I've played there for sure. But it's your classic small town barn. So how okay. how are the dressing rooms when you were a kid? Uh, they're actually quite the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're very. They're just painted. Okay. <laughs> but no, they're they're good and yeah, it's really good. And everyone in Garson uh, Arena too is lots of volunteers, so everyone comes together. So mm-hmm. it's going to be good. Yeah. And the community center is actually opening up. Uh, tonight and tomorrow, and they are opening up as a bar and a food venue so that people can walk over. It's in the same parking lot, and they can access the bar and the food, and then all the money the community center makes from the bar and food is going back to the community center. So Okay, sounds great. So if uh, if you start from one end of Garson and walk to the other end, how long does that take? Like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> But I've, done it. I've done it a long of time. Of course. But there's there's definitely a pride in coming from a small town. For sure. Everyone knows everybody, which is funny. I actually went to the grocery store yesterday, and someone stopped me, and they said, is your name Stevie? And I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, you're the hockey player who has that tournament this weekend. I was like, yes, that's me. No idea who they were. So it's nice to grow up in a small town, for sure. But Minor celebrity kind of right now? <laughs> a little bit, which is kind of nerve-wracking, but... Well, it sounds like a great idea, Stevie. I wish you the best of luck this weekend and have fun. Thank you so much. As we arrive at the heart of the curling season, the 131st Manitoba Open Bond Spiel is underway at clubs all across Winnipeg. A lot of history at this event. So let's go through it with Derek Oriniak, president of Curl Manitoba. Darren, is this the biggest bond spiel in Canada? Actually, it's the biggest in the world. And uh, even though it's quite a bit smaller than it was years ago, it's still at, uh, we have 235 in the main uh, event, the Manitoba Open, and then there's the half spiel. So they've got another 58 teams. So we're just under 300 for that. So, uh, and Resby Coots at the opening uh, the other night uh, confirmed that, yeah, we are still, there's a few others that want to claim it, but uh, apparently we're still the biggest bond spiel in the world, so. Is there a certain degree of pride that goes along with that? Oh, 100%, yeah. No, I mean, Manitoba's always been either the curling capital of the world or one of the curling capitals, and uh, the bond spiel's been a, a big part of that. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a great event and uh, certainly a huge amount of pride in, in keeping that, uh, that title for now. And it's been around forever. It's 131st year for the Bond yeah, Spiel. Yeah, 131, yeah. No, it's uh, it's amazing yeah, to think that, uh, you know, something to, to keep that going that long is, is tremendous. And, and for some of us who've been around for a while to, to have played in, I, I lost track, I think I'm at about 35 or so. So uh, it's pretty much in the culture and, and you have to, once you're in, you're in, so... And the, it's called the Open, which means that anybody can enter this tournament. That's right. Yeah, historically it was just men. And uh, I don't know the exact year, but it's been uh, a number of years now that it's open for women, juniors, seniors, anybody that wants to play. And you don't have to be from Manitoba. Uh, and in fact, at the opening this year, we had a team from Singapore. Wow. And we often have teams from uh, you know all over the United States, the rest of Canada. 
because people do want to come and participate in, you know, the, they hear about it and they want to play. And once they come, they figure out it's it's quite the event when you're going from, you know, club to club and playing the volume of games and the camaraderie and, and all the clubs do, uh, you know, some little special things, whether it's food or drink. Uh, in fact, the club we were at today at uh, St. Vitale this afternoon, before each game they roll a dice, they have six sheets, and whichever sheet uh, comes up, the team that wins the game on that sheet gets uh, a voucher for the bar upstairs after nice. the game. So, yeah, there's a lot of creativity, and uh, the camaraderie is great. So, yeah, and a lot of fun. with so many different teams, I imagine the skill levels vary greatly from top to bottom. So how do you make sure that games are being played between teams that are kind of close to the same skill level? Yeah, well, you know, the first couple of rounds, uh, draws, uh, it can be a little mismatched because you do have some high-caliber teams. Although a lot of teams, that's a big part of the bond spiels. They'd love to play the, you know, the top teams. And although a lot of the top ones now qualify for provincial playdowns and such, they don't play in it, you still get some really high-caliber teams. Um, and then what happens is as you win or lose, the, the groupings get more even. So... Um, if you lose your first couple of games, now you're playing other teams that have lost their first few games. So by you know the time you get to your third or fourth or fifth game, it, it pretty much evens out. But I'll tell you, um, you know, I've played a long time, and uh, you'd be surprised these teams that you know you know don't play maybe as much or at a competitive level, they can make shots, and uh, you know no one can be taken lightly in in these games. So it's a lot of fun. How many games are you guaranteed? Uh, six now, so any game after your uh, sixth game, if you win your sixth game, you keep going, everything's sudden death. Okay. And, uh, but it's still, uh, it's interesting because, you know, again, the old timers, we used to get eight games guaranteed and often you'd end up playing, you know, 12 or 14 games or a few more. It's a lot of games. Uh, yeah. Actually my, for me, you know, again, I've played for so long. Uh, I played 17 a couple times and one year we actually played 19 we had to go into of... the Thursday. Yeah, well, it, it was longer than it we used to go from okay. Thursday night to the following Wednesday. Now it finishes Monday night. So, you know, it's sort of a sign of the times, you know, uh, a little bit more condensed. Uh, it's still a great thing. It still has its charm, but uh, it is pretty tough for people to commit, uh, you know, to that much time off. Um, you know, so now it's, it's all done Monday night. And uh, it's a it's pretty good intensity on the weekend Absolutely. to try to get to that last. Uh, it's a big deal for a lot of people to be able to play on the Monday night. You know, one of the finals. Is there any big prize to winning this thing? Uh, well, there are trophies. Actually, the you know we every year uh, there's you know at the finals there's a quite a few. Uh, there's three major events and a number of minor events. And so there's uh, every team gets their name on that tr- the trophy of the sponsor, and uh, there are prizes. So uh, thankfully the sponsors put forward some prize money or gift cards or something. So uh, I think depends, you know, guys like that. But obviously getting your name on one of those uh, trophies in perpetuity is a pretty big thrill. And then they've been around so long, so you can look back at the names and recognize, you know, all the famous curlers who may have won that that event. And these games are played all over the city, right? Right, yeah. So right now there's uh, there's 11 clubs inside the perimeter, but they also use West St. Paul and East St. Paul. So they've got 13 clubs. And, 
you're playing every second draw. So they go, you know, from nine in the morning, they go start at nine, 12, three and nine. And you basically play every second draw. So you got enough time in between to grab something to eat, maybe have a drink and then uh, drive to the next club and then run into some more people, you know, and you're off at it again. So, and these, you know, you might play one game at one venue, but you're going to be bouncing around from venue to venue? For sure, yeah. Like, we've played three games so far. We've played at different venues at each one. And then tonight we're going over to the Heather, so we've already played at Fort Garry, West St. Paul, and St. Vitale. So, so it's like a uh, tour of this curling city, basically. Well, yeah, that's, it is. It's, uh, and that's half the fun is, you know, you're always kind of looking where your next game is. And then, of course, if you played long enough, you have some clubs you like and yeah. ones maybe you don't like. Uh <laughs> But uh, I'll give, you know, I need to uh, put some kudos out to the ice makers in these clubs do an outstanding job. And I I spoke to the guy at West St. Paul this morning. The ice was spectacular. Uh, You know, you watch guys on TV, the players, and, you know, lots of curl and perfect speed. Uh, It was, the ice was just as good as that this morning. So, uh, you know, shout out to those guys. They they put in a lot of hours during this thing and... Mm -hmm. uh, Little sort of unsung heroes Absolutely. of the, the Bonspiel. Absolutely. What position do you play? Uh, third, although we had a little glitch this uh, Bonspiel, our, our skip, Ron Gauthier, uh his son won the junior Manitoba championship oh. last week. Well, he caught a flight today. He's in Prince Albert, and that kicks off tomorrow. So we're all cheering for, for Jacques and uh, JT Ryan. So, yeah, so luckily we had a fifth player. So, um, so I've been thrust into the skipping duties, which uh, uh, is a little different for me, but uh, we're, we're having some fun. Best of luck throughout the weekend. Have a great okay. time, and uh, thanks for chatting with me today. Okay, my pleasure. Thanks. NFL Championship Weekend, who should you put your money on? Let's find out in the FM Sportsbook with Philly and Joe from Power Mornings. It's the Power Parlay! <laughs> So let's review what happened last weekend. First of all, we uh, all had Kansas City to win. We had hesitancy about the cover. We should not have because Indy did not show up oh, in well, Kansas City. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, Christian. Indy showed up compared to the next game you're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get there. We all had the Rams to cover, and they did buy a point mm-hmm. against the Cowboys. Chargers at the Patriots. You guys were both on the Chargers, and I offered a little bit of resistance, saying, guys, it's New England, it's at home, it's divisional round, he doesn't mm-hmm. lose this game. And uh, it was a kind of game where you turn it off at halftime and you go get some work done. Let me tell you something about the San Diego Chargers. You know, we keep hearing, this is going to be their year. This, this is going to be, they, they got to break through eventually. I don't care if they bring Dick Budkus out of retirement, bring Walter Payton back from the dead. I don't care what they do in the next five years. Don't ever anybody, don't anybody ever tell me this is the San Diego Chargers year because I will never buy it. I will never bet on them. That was one of the worst playoff performances I have ever seen. If there was a way to give up at after the first quarter, they would have. They wanted to give up before they got off the bus. Joe? Let's see what they bring next year. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it, was, it was quite disappointing because, especially if you're gambling on a game, by halftime you're sitting there and you're doing nothing you but li- cursing you yourself. You your money down the drain. Yep. And you're right. You have to go find something else to do. Now, <laughs> give, give the Patriots credit. Absolutely. They yes. just keep being the Patriots. And I've heard people say, and this is the one thing I missed when we were picking that game last week, is you give Belichick and Brady 
and then all the other geniuses on that staff, two weeks to prepare for a team. I think you might have mentioned it. Yeah, I, I believe but, you said Christian enough with your stats. Yeah. And, uh, maybe you should listen to those stats. We shrugged you off. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have. But it was 35-7 at the half, and the first three games all were kind of like, eh, these aren't great games. It's usually the best weekend. The final game was a good game. Yes, it was, yeah. Philadelphia goes up big early, mm-hmm. and they don't score again. And it's the slow climb back by the Saints, and then they have a field goal for the cover. And they miss it. Mm-hmm. And then Philly almost with the upset, but the uh, interception right at the end. So that was the only re- game with any real drama. Philly covers, so Philly yeah. gets the pick right. Yeah, uh, We both had the Saints to win, Joe. Yes. They didn't quite cover, but that was, it was honestly a, a little bit of a disappointing weekend. I'll give you that. Yeah, not, not for the NFL because you got your top four. Uh, yeah, now it's great. Teams. Now they're so happy. They love it. Yeah. The top four scoring offense is still left. They they couldn't have. And and that rematch between Kansas City and New England. What was it? 43-40 for the Patriots. Oh man, yeah, and that could have gone either way. And the Rams and Saints played earlier this season. It was forty-five thirty-five for yeah. the Saints. That one was at. New Orleans, the New England game was at New England. That's the big difference with this one coming up. That's why I think the hype is there this weekend. I hope it lives up to it. But both these games could go either way, really. They're both, what, uh, three-point favorites. Yeah, so we'll start with the uh, early game, which is L.A. Rams. And it is the L.A. Chargers. We must contractually say that. It is the L.A. Chargers now, but we're all going to say San Diego. Yeah, Because they're the San Diego Chargers. The Rams at the Saints, like we mentioned, it was a 10-point win for the Saints earlier in the season. This one is a three-point spread. Basically, it's a pick'em. Yeah. Uh, you want me to start? You go first, Joe. I, I'm going to take New Orleans at home uh, just to give them that nod because of the coin flip. But I would not be shocked by any means after watching uh, Gurley and uh, and QB1 uh, the way they played the last week. And what about Fat CJ Anderson? Oh my God! For they ran five yards. Didn't yeah. they run for over two yeah. hundred yards combined? Like, yeah, two, almost two fifty. I think of the team. Yeah. And so uh, that's the one thing that worries me. But I'm going to give the nod to Sean Payton and his uh, his crew. I think New Orleans wins at home in the dome. Yeah, I'll, I'll concur with that one. The Saints, they, to me, they looked. They looked more impressive in their win. They they have some. They they started. They kind of slowly but surely took over that game against the Eagles. Whereas I wasn't super impressed with the Rams over the Cowboys. Okay. They let the Cowboys hang around, and they've got Aqib Talib's a little banged up. He left that game and came back. And defensively, they had some holes. I felt like, although they do have Aaron Donald. Yes. And when you have Aaron Donald, you can win any given week, and they have Gurley. But yep. I just I like the Saints at home a little more than I like the Rams. The Rams are a good team. Don't yeah. get anyone mm-hmm. wrong. They're a very talented team. But New Orleans at home in the playoffs doesn't lose. They're 6-0 yeah. with Sean Payton and Drew Brees at the helm. It could be a three-point game, but I think that the Saints are playing better football than the Rams are. The Saints' defense, I think, doesn't get enough credit for yeah. being as yeah. good as it is. Agreed. Right. It's better than the Cowboys' defense. They're better than the Cowboys' offense, yeah. for sure. And I think we're in consensus here with New Orleans minus three, I think. And Goff struggled a bit last week. And yeah. he has been lately. There's a couple of his passes. Like, he looked like he threw them out of the stadium. He missed so bad. Yeah, he was, Yeah, I'd be a lot more comfortable. It's it's a, a bit of more of a nervous pick. If you pick the Rams in this one to be contrarian, you're, you're not feeling as good about that pick, mm-hmm. right? for sure. Late game, outdoors in Kansas City. Earlier in the week, it was kind of a doomsday weather scenario. They were saying it was going to be one of the coldest games in NFL history. 
as we know with weather forecasts a week in advance they change and it's no longer going to be that cold in Kansas City but it's still cold it's still gonna cold. be a cold day a yeah. 5 40 p.m central time start that's weird central Kansas City central time it's gonna be below zero but neither of these teams are really worried about that New England doesn't care about below zero right. no they're, they're teams that they're not dome teams. This, no, this they're outdoor teams. And Kansas City minus three. So, again, basically Vegas saying, pick them. Well, it's not too often you're, as a gambler you get to see the uh, New England Patriots as an underdog. So that's appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the whole crew. What scared me at the end of last week's games was Tom Brady calling out the people that say, hey, that's okay. Yeah, you want to call us underdogs? No problem. You the don't biggest think we're overdogs win? in the history <laughs> yeah, of sports. Yeah, sure, but, Brady. Not but, buying it. Joe, I know you are, but well, yeah, we're underdogs. I'm buying it because I think this is the swan song, perhaps for him and Belichick. And I really do believe that Belichick and his people will throw more blitzes at uh, Mahomes than they did the first time. And Mahomes got a long career ahead of him. But I'm going to take the Pats on the road and I've got some friends that go down to Arrowhead, so they're not going to be happy with me. But I'm going to I'm going to take uh, New England to get back to another Super Bowl. As much as I would like Andy Reid to win one, yeah. just because I think Andy Reid deserves to get one to put him to the next level. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I should have learned my lesson last week, maybe. But I, I'm I'm going to bet against Brady, Belichick, and the Patriots. Maybe I just want them to lose. I, I'm not sure. But basically, it was a week off for the Patriots last week, so maybe they'll be rusty because the Chargers didn't show up. I'm not going to get back into that. But but I'll take. I, I believe the Chiefs at home will have a, a much better game plan than the Chargers did, and I I just I really like what the Chiefs can do. I, I'm taking them. The conflict I have is. Brady on the road is much worse than at home. Different guy, They yeah. haven't won a road playoff game since 06, apparently. There have not been many opportunities for them yes, to play on the road. But, yes, true. he is, I believe, 2-3 and three or 3-3 three and three all time in road playoff games because yeah. they don't play on the road all that much. But at the same time, you have the tortured history that is the Kansas City Chiefs in home playoff games. <laughs> yeah. Last week was their first home playoff win since 93. Patrick Mahomes is a different animal. He is so good. Yeah. yeah. But... There's always a nervous feeling if something bad happens in that stadium. And Andy Reid has a history of losing playoff games where you think he's going to win. Yeah. That everything would point to picking the Patriots. They've got the no one believes in us thing, even if it's only in their own locker room. <laughs> Who yes. doesn't believe? I saw a shirt Julian Edelman tweeted out saying, bet against us over top of the Patriots logo. Oh, Shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Just. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to be with Philly here. I wouldn't bet a lot on this game. No, but yeah. But if I was going to bet... I'm going to bet with my heart. I'm going to bet for the Kansas City Chiefs because I have had enough Ugh. of the New England Patriots. I agree with you there, but I, I just I'm going with uh, I'm going with well, you're, my you're, Hey, listen, you're, after last week, we I sat here and said I'm so sure the Chargers are going to win, <laughs> and then that that sort of should have taught me a lesson that don't bet against the Patriots. But but when and you guys are a lot smarter when it comes to this stuff than well, me. But when was the last time? You had two coin flip games going into the conference championships. It's, it's exciting. Been and I'll say this much. Since the Baltimore Ravens went on that run to win the 2013 Super Bowl, only one team that wasn't a one seed made the Super Bowl. And that was the Falcons the year they blew the 28-3 oh, oh, Super yeah. Bowl to the Patriots. No matter what happens, I think we're going to get a really nice, sexy Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. Lots of points. Well, for sure we will. Oh, yeah. You can take any of these two teams. It's going to be good. NFL is happy about this. Yeah. No kidding. And we don't need another reason to stay inside on Sunday (laughs) with this weather.
Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. <laughs>